Exceeding Expectations, episode 62. Do you have your digital marketing strategy planned out? In this week's episode with Rob Raymond, we talk about how many companies don't have a strategy planned out for how they're going to proceed with their, their digital marketing over the next month, six months, year, two years, and so on. And he gives them some fascinating insights. So that's in a minute we're going to be hearing from Rob Brayman. This is the podcast where we aim to give you ideas on how to give your customers a better experience than they thought they were going to get, which results in you getting better reviews, recommendations, referrals, and rebookings, and ultimately means you enjoy what you do more, and hopefully that means you get paid more as well. If you do like this episode, why not share it with someone who you feel may get benefit from it? Join the Facebook group, which is called Exceeding Expectations. Maybe mention anything about the, uh, the, epi- the episode in there. You can contact Rob via LinkedIn, and the, uh, the links are at the end of the episode. Hope you enjoy this week's show with Rob Broman. For Welcome to another edition of Exceeding Expectations. My guest today, Rob Broman. How are you, Rob? Oh, wonderful, Tony, and I greatly appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you. No problem at all. And where do we find you today, Rob? I am in Greensboro, North Carolina. It is my home of record, and I've been here for about 16 years. Fabulous, fabulous place. And so for people listening who aren't familiar with where that is, do you want to explain where it is? Sure. Yeah, North Carolina, um, I always say, is the greater two states of the Carolinas, but you have South Carolina, North Carolina, it is about central United States as far as north-south goes, but it's right on the coast. So right. we're about two hours inland from the Atlantic Ocean, right on the beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, But central state of North Carolina, you can imagine, you know, the U.S. is a very, very large landmass. But mm. um, about, about middle of the country on the east coast. And so you say you've been there for 16 years. So where did you grow up? I am uh, I'm a bit of a mutt, Tony. I, I was born in Indiana, moved to Kentucky, Wisconsin, Texas, Brazil, South America for about five and a half years, came mm-hmm. back to the U.S. to finish up junior high and high school. And post that, ended up going to the military, went all over both the United States and uh, outside continental United States. When I got out of that, I ended up opening locations for a, another very large entity. So I, when I say I'm a mud, I've lived any one of a number of places. I've lived in North Carolina longer than I have lived anywhere in my life. So, mm. and, and so what is it that, that you're doing at the moment in um, you know, where you are now? So Cogent Analytics is a management consulting group. We represent, you know, people think of consulting you know, they think of Big Box, Deloitte & Touche, McKinsey, KPMG, Boston Consulting. Professionally, we are very purposely working with other entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the most underserviced group, um, whether it's here in the States or there in the UK, you know, a lot of the big corporations use consultants for operational efficiencies. And small business owners go to their accountant or they go to their attorney for advice. We ultimately are that third leg of the stool representing Main Street more than, say, Wall Street, right? Mm -hmm. I am very, very focused on the entrepreneur, that privately held business. I'm a serial entrepreneur myself. I love working with entrepreneurs. I've been working with entrepreneurs for 17 years and now Cogent Analytics is the firm that I have built 
um, sole purpose in life is to work with privately held companies. And so how long ago did you build that? Cogent Analytics started, and I had Brayman Associates going back to 2003. It was really a private endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, But I turned Brayman Associates into Cogent Analytics in 2014. So August, Mm -hmm. August 20, um, August 2013 was really the beginning of the transition. And then April of 2014 was the official launch mm-hmm. of Cogent Analytics. So about five and a half years. And um, what was the reason for the change? So I used to work for another consulting group that um, candidly was more about the build hour than it was about the results in the relationship. So we've disrupted kind of the approach towards small business representation in that every effort that we make at Cogent Analytics is client first. It's client centric um, to include our life cycle. So we don't we don't believe in going in and doing a project. We agree. We we believe that you represent a client. If you earn the right, you represent the client for the long term. Hence the life cycle name. So we have represented clients in the in the five and a half years we've been in business. We've had clients in the life cycle program for five and a half years, and the effort is really continuous improvement. So you know one of my one of my favorite stories is the small business owner that was sitting at about two million dollars in revenue when we first started representing them, and today they are well north of twenty million dollars in revenue, and their profits are exceedingly healthy. But that was through working with another team, right, the business owner and his team, to implement good process, good organizational process, good operational process, measurement and structure, business development strategy, overall strategic planning. You know, these are some of the things that we do with every client every day. Hmm. And so do you niche with any sort of particular industries or do you sort of just help general small business? No, sure. We have five what we consider to be prime verticals, um, construction, manufacturing, transportation, distribution, and technology. And, mm-hmm. I, and I want your listeners to understand how broad each one of those categories are. They, 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 you know, a lot of people will hear construction and they think it's just somebody going out and building something. In reality, what it is, is construction management, general construction, architects, engineers, all of the trades crafts, so plumbers, HVAC, electricians, foundation. There mm-hmm. are a massive number of privately held companies in the construction vertical. And mm-hmm. you can imagine that same thing would be true, Tony, for manufacturing, transportation. So there's five prime verticals. We historically do not do medical Mm-hmm. Um, and we historically do not do retail unless there are multi-unit retail. So five or more locations is historically mm-hmm. where a client might bring us in to work on operational efficiencies. But, you know, five prime verticals, we have diverted from some of that to privately owned businesses that reach out to us and say, hey, we need business advice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really where we make that's really where we make our bones. And so why would a company come to you in the first place as opposed to going to someone like an, an attorney or someone? Why, why would they make a decision to come to you? So we're operational in nature. You know, the accountants, as good as accountants are, and I have a wonderful accountant that represents Cogent Analytics. I have an accounting group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, accountants historically do not deal with more than financial performance or taxable consequence. Mm-hmm. We really are operational in nature. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the staff that I have working at Cogent Analytics, most of them have their master's degree in business administration. Most of them, I mean, I have accountants on staff. I have JDs on staff. I have a number of professionals, but their whole focus in life is operational in nature mm-hmm. more than it is just the numbers or taxable consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, attorneys really deal with the law. Accountants deal with tax. Mm-hmm. We really deal with the running of the day-to-day business. Mm. And so how would they find out about you in the first place? Um, so, and I apologize for the long extended, um, there's a number of resources that we publish, whether we've been published in trade magazines, we've done a number of podcasts like you and I are talking today. Mm -hmm. We do broadcasts, we do blogs, we do white papers, we do case studies. Um, I think we've been published, you know, a couple dozen plus times, you know, my theory of how to put cogent analytics in the the marketplace isn't really about just come do business with cogent analytics. We spend most of our marketing efforts putting practical, pragmatic business advice, thought leadership Mm -hmm. into the marketplace. And I assume if we continue to do that, not only do we develop the relationship of the cogent brand, but we also tell our prospective clients that our first consideration is giving them good information even if they don't go do business with me, at least it helps the small business owner with resources and information that they might be able to tap into to self-improve. Mm. So that has always been our strategy since day one, and it has served us very, very well. And so how do you try to um, to give the customer a better experience or to, you know, to over-exceed their expectations? In our model and our approach, what we have always been committed to is our discovery process. Mm -hmm. And the discovery is two to three days of very intensive, you know, if I, if I can use a metaphor, uh, peeling the onion. Mm -hmm. So a business has many layers to it and there's a lot of reasons why it's, it does well. And there's a lot of reasons why small business owners don't perform to the level that they should. Mm -hmm. Our discovery process is designed to go through each of the prime pillars of the business. In other words, business development. We define that as sales and marketing. Organizational engineering, which is all aspects of people development, training, compensation, efficiency. Operational engineering, which is really process and measurement, financial and operational. So those are the four pillars of our profit platform. Mm-hmm. that that we we publish that on cogentanalytics.com so you can see kind of a, a reference point of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. But the discovery goes through and really does a holistic approach because usually in a business, it's never just one thing. When, mm-hmm. a, when, a, when, when a small business owner is doing well, but is not as profitable as they should be, that discovery really uncovers with our clients you know, areas of opportunity that they and their team can focus on, whether or not we engage them in consulting for us, it's got to be a very specific rationale why we will take on a client. We don't represent every client we take in discovery. Hmm. For us, there has to be a financial return before we will engage in consulting work. And there has to be the right client motivated to change. And I, and I don't, um, 
I don't want to create a, a thought process in the listeners that, well, why would a company walk away from good business? Sometimes in consulting, if you're giving people advice, if you don't have confidence that, that people will embrace and, and be the driver behind that change, there's nothing in the world any professional can do to push, hmm. push them to that place of success. Yeah. We evaluate our clients as much as we evaluate the mechanics of what's going wrong mm-hmm. before we will engage. I will engage in a discovery with everybody because I think that is the most incredible value. When you live in your forest every day, what, what we try to do is pull business owners above their forest and look down and, and work through the dynamics of where they have opportunity for improvement. Mm-hmm. And then in the right cases, we will take clients and we will re-engineer their business with them. Mm-hmm. Um, what we most commonly see, Tony, and I'm sure you have this in your experience, we see a lot of business owners that are honorable, they care about their business, they care about their employees, they care about the future for their family, and um, yet they underperform in profitability. You know, a company that should be making 10%, all of a sudden they're making 2 3 4%. And the way we look at that additional margin that's left on the table is the oxygen to a business. Hmm. You know, that profit turns into cash flow. That profit retires debt. That profit pays bonuses to employees. That profit pays to long-term retirement strategy or value of equity. Um, so I'm sorry for getting on a long diatribe there. I know you have a number of questions, so I apologize. <laughs> that's okay. And I mean, one of the things that was going through my mind when you were talking about that is you said you you really help companies with change. So in, in your experience, what are some of the, how is it you're able to help them to change? What is it you're able to help them see differently? So I will, if you'll allow me a little latitude, I'll give you a, an example of a discovery that we did last week. Mm-hmm. We had a husband and wife business owner. It was about a $6 million company. Mm-hmm. Um, their son was also in the business. They had built a fairly successful business. $6 million is nothing to sneeze at mm-hmm. over a period of about 10 years. Yeah. Now, historically, that company has made moderate, if not low profit over the history of that 10 years. Mm-hmm. So think in context of 2 and 3% profit over a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. And when we really started to peel that onion back, what we saw is, you know, the owner was wearing all the hats. Mm-hmm. There was no real defined organizational structure in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, middle management really didn't have a definition of what was expected of them, nor how it would be measured. There were real, there were no real financial plans in place for the business owner to really take ownership of the profit in, in his own company. Mm-hmm. And they were struggling with cash flow because the profit wasn't robust enough. And some of the people that they had done business with were paying them on 60 or 70 or 80 days. Mm-hmm. So there was a number of structural issues going on within the company. There were measurement problems because the owner wasn't getting information at the speed in which he needed it. Mm-hmm. There were organizational issues because people were come to work every day, and although they were working really hard, it was very inefficient. Mm-hmm. And there was no real management of the type of business we were doing because some things are more profitable than others. Every one of your listeners will will definitely key in on this. When we do business in the world, some things generate more profit than others. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, any sale would do. Hmm. So 
there was a wide chasm between profitability of work being performed and then management of the human resources to get the work done was not managed very efficiently either. So a lot of times they would bid it at a at an expected profit and the net result was, you know, making one or two percent once the job was complete. Hmm. So, and I'm sure you have some listeners, you know, in our, you know, listening to this podcast today will, that will say, oh gosh, I've got those same problems. That is a very common thing hmm. that we see. Mm-hmm. And it's not historically, Tony, when I talk about the profit platform, um, it is usually the four critical areas in total more than it's one specific thing. Hmm. A lot of a lot of small business owners think, well, if I just get more sales, it'll solve my problem. Mm. Rarely is that a case. Usually what's happening is they're getting enough sales, but they're not managing it effectively to the point where they're where they're generating a predetermined net profit or an engineered profit, as we like to refer to it. And, and why do you think it is that they weren't able to see some of the things that you were able to see quite quite quickly? Most business owners come from, most people who start a business have a trade or a skill or a, 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 an aptitude that draws them into, in, into becoming an entrepreneur. Mm. I'm really good contractor. I know the manufacturing process. I know how to run 20 trucks, yeah. you know, just to give you an example. Yeah. Rarely, however, are business owners coming with an MBA when they show up to go to work. Mm. These are, again, hardworking, salt-of-the-earth folks that want to go to work, care about their employees, do a good job, represent their customers well. Mm. But the business of the business, Mm. right, managing the business itself is historically not um, part of their direct skill set. And they're, you know, business is a science. You know, you have to learn how to run a good business. Mm. And I think it, I think even if you're doing well, there's areas of opportunity to do better. I've I've had plenty of clients in the hundred million dollar plus range. And you would think, you know, they've got a leadership group, they've got a strong president, they've got, you know, 250 employees working at the company and they have just as many inefficiencies or dysfunctions because that's what happens in the day over day. Mm. You know, absence of standard substandard becomes the standard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in growth, you will create dysfunction and in day over day operations, you'll create dysfunction, whether that's weakness of organization, whether that's weakness of process. That is what we see, whether you're a $2 million company or a $200 million company, the theme in those four pillars is pretty consistent. And so once you identified the weaknesses they had, how were you able to help them to, to solve those? We roll up our sleeves and get to work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, and it really is circumstantial, we don't believe in cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every every solution that we do with a client, there's a couple of dynamics that most consulting groups do not consider, and that's the client themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you and I may have the exact same problem, but our approach to fixing that problem based on our personality, our value system, what we believe, how do we believe good management should look, is a little different from person to person. So you may have a common solution, but it has to be uh, modified to fit the client's circumstance. Because if a client doesn't embrace the fix, Mm -hmm. I can promise you they will digress to old, bad, comfortable behavior. Mm -hmm. 
as opposed to staying with the new good behavior. So the best way I can answer that is we develop systems, we develop process, we work with teams, we teach, train, mentor, implement. Um, any effort that would endeavor a team to go from where they are to where they should and could be mm-hmm. is our number one focus. Mm-hmm. So I, I wish I could give you a cookie cutter answer, but any one of the aspects in business development, organizational engineering, process engineering, or measurement is a collective approach that we take towards every circumstance, knowing that the psychology and sociology going on in that business is always going to be a little different, even in companies that do exactly the same thing. Mm. So are you able to give any stories or examples of ways where you've, you've helped a company where they got far more from you than they were ever expecting when they first, um, first spoke to you? So I just read a letter this morning from a a very, very well-run company that we started representing about 18 weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that we're having this podcast today. um, And I knew somewhere in this conversation, you were likely going to ask me that question. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing, I have a, a personal understanding because I work with all my analysts. This client was a father with a son and a stepson. And there were genuine, there were genuine challenges with the son stepping up and taking on or assuming his role, mm-hmm. notwithstanding the fact that they're, although they were a fairly large company with moderate profitability, when we engaged with them some 18 weeks ago, there were a number of dysfunctions that they had reached that point of complacent success. Mm-hmm. And today, when I read the president's letter that he wrote to me personally, I was sh- I'm, I'm always a little shocked and, and overjoyed, I think, mm-hmm. when, you, when, when it's written in their personal pen. They have restructured their bidding and estimating process. They've restructured their go-to-market strategy. They've restructured the roles and responsibilities of the next successor group in the company. Mm-hmm. They've been able to redefine the reporting relationships from middle management to senior management. They've restructured and recreated financial uh, strategic planning and operational planning so that everybody in the company is now on the same page. They've got both middle management and senior management now communicating more effectively. And what that's translated into is a 28% efficiency improvement in overall day-to-day operations. So we've been able to increase their margin by about 3.5% year over year. And for a size of company that we're talking about, you're talking about a $350,000 net improvement year over year. You can imagine the impact that that makes for that family and the ability for the president to retire and know his son can buy him out of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those are the profound moments that I have on a, on a daily basis, frankly, that, that inspire me to get up. And so, and you were able to affect that change just by, you know, kind of really asking the right questions and really finding out where the, the problems were that they weren't aware of. Yeah, starts with the right questions, and then when you have a really highly engaged group, um, I always say our life gets really easy when you have a highly motivated group of people that are, are they know they could be better, but they just haven't been able to get mm-hmm. there. That's the kind of those are the moments where I think it's magic because now you're now you're working to implement, teach, mentor, and train the improvements. Mm-hmm. And as you're putting it in place and you're working side by side with them, you see them embrace it, and then it becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. 
So the life cycle process, because, you know, we, we as Cogent Analytics developed a, a long-term strategic relationship with our clients. We, when we end that first phase of the engagement, that first initial fix phase, we stay with our client week over week in that first month post, bi, bi-monthly the second month, bi-monthly the third month, and historically go back for about a week because we try to stop the digression. We want to protect that client's investment mm-hmm. that they've made in change almost 100% of the time. It's a ridiculously large number where people will start to slide backwards mm-hmm. if you don't catch them before they slide. That's why we we do that continual follow-up. And, and to be clear, Tony, when I started the firm, I committed to the fact that we were going to do that post-follow-up work mm-hmm. pro bono. Mm-hmm. So we do that as part of the original project without billing the client additionally. Mm-hmm. The only time we bill our clients is when we're boots on the ground. That's what I think truly sets us apart mm-hmm. from the other firms in this space. That's what I meant by putting clients mm-hmm. first. And, and I wonder if, so, you know, you, you mentioned before you're asking the right questions. And so when you were asking those questions, did, did it, was there a point where a light bulb suddenly went off in their heads when they realized by some of the questions you were asking and the answers they were giving to you where their own problems lay that they just hadn't realized? Almost every discovery. Mm-hmm. I, think you're, I think you're touching on something there that, um, you know, the, the hardest thing we have is getting clients to recognize that the crazy that they're going through every day, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I We've had a discovery planned with a client for now almost mm. a month. And each and every work, each and every week, excuse me, the next crisis pops up every week, which is causing the client to push back mm. another week. So this morning, the client and I had a conversation. I said to them, you realize that next week is going to be the same crazy if at some point in time you don't stop and deal with the mm. crazy you just get to keep what you've already yeah. got. And he laughed and said, you know, Rob, nobody's ever really put it to me in that way. I, I get so used to my crazy. My wife told me that I'm so used to my crazy that I think that's the mm-hmm. new normal. And and I said, the only thing we have to decide is that you're going to choose a different mm-hmm. crazy. And, you know, I, I know this client because I've had the privilege of, of working with them. That is a common mm-hmm. story. People get sucked into the day-over-day operations and just trying to wear all the hats and keep keep all their arm, you know, keep their arms around what mm-hmm. they built. That most of the inefficiency is built by the client in in that mm-hmm. behavior, and that's really what happens in the discovery. When we start going in and identifying what's really mm-hmm. broken, the idea is to empower that client and give that client their their life back. And I don't I don't mean to overstate the issue. But that's truly what I think we've done for, well, I've done for 17 years and Cogent Analytics is absolutely committed to over the last five and a half. What, what are your general thoughts on exceeding expectations, Rob? Um, I, you know, I get, up, I get up in the morning and I tell my entire team this. I get up every morning and I ask myself one simple question. And this is the same question I've asked myself for 30, 35 years. And that's what will I? What will I do today to make a difference? What will because we represent other families as a profession. When we get it wrong, people get hurt. So mediocrity is not an option for us. You know, I say to my team, we will strive for perfection every single day, knowing it's an unachievable, an unachievable result, in the hopes 
that we achieve excellence. And that has been, that has been embraced, I think, by, by, and I, you know, in this way, I've been blessed by the people that, that em, work at Coach Analytics, the people that embrace the vision of what we're trying to accomplish on behalf of entrepreneurs. Not exceeding expectations in our world is not an option. Again, because what we do is in service to the American family-owned business, um, I think it's critical that the standards we set for ourselves, the standards we set for our clients are exceptionally high because if we're not working towards that common goal, not just the owners get hurt, but the owner's employees get hurt. The owner's employees and their families get hurt. Mm-hmm. You see my point? There's a there's an expectation of exceeding expectation every day because of what we do as a professional. And how do you think that you, that mindset has developed in you? Where, where did it um, come from in the first place? So I lost my father when I was 15 years old. I was the, the baby of four. And, and maybe because I had, you know, nobody ever gave me anything. Um, I had to earn it along the way. And I went into the military as a fairly young man. I went to a semester of college and I went in the military and had the privilege of serving with um, 1st Battalion, 5th Special Forces Group, I think through that experience, it taught me about what it really took to excel in life. Um, I can tell you that I draw from my, from, you know, both my military experience and my entrepreneur experience. You know, Cogent Analytics is the fourth company I've built. Um, you know, I, I know what it's like to, to make decisions every day that have impact on other people's lives. And I think that drive was instilled from my father and then life experience along the way. I, I, I would say that that's probably the, the, the big motivating issues to what's got me where I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get more information about what you do and how, you know, how maybe you can help them, where, where would they go to? So even if even if they don't reach out to us and say, hey, you know, come do a discovery, please go to www.cogenanalytics.com. Mm-hmm. You can um, download a, an ebook. You can download a case study. You can download a white paper. You can go in and look up just about any information that you need to know. And if you have any questions, we'll be more than happy to answer them. Um, that is a, just a function of who we are. You know, that thought leadership and working with small business owners is preeminent to our culture. So, again, www.cogenanalytics.com. Um, you can call 833 my profit That's the number for my profit 833 my profit mm-hmm. um, And one of the administrative assistants will either gather myself or one of the other team members here, and we'll be more than happy to have any business discussion that, that furthers the interest of the people that we represent. And just before we finish, Rob, um, uh, I believe there's a, a quotation that you quite like. Um, it was something it, 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 there very much so, Tony. It's raise others up and you will rise. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've said for years we are in service to those we represent. It doesn't make us a servant to those we represent, but service unto itself is the most honorable profession. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes to the core of who I am. If you raise others up, you will rise. If, if it's service to others instead of service to self is really, you know, kind of what that what that means to me mm-hmm. is that if we spend our life trying to make others around us better, whether it be our community, our church, our, our uh, business owners that we represent, 
you know, ultimately the greatest reward comes from other people's success. Absolutely. Well, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. So thank you for your time. Tony, the, the honor and pleasure was mine, sir. I hope we do this again. If you ever want to get into breaking down the platform into specific areas of the platform, I'll be more than happy to come back on the show and we can break it out for your listeners a little bit. Great. Well, best of luck, Rob. And um, yeah, I hope to speak to you again sometime. Cheers. Yeah, most especially. Thank you, Tony. It's been an honor. Hope you enjoyed this week's show with Rob. And next week, episode 63 is with Misty Petrella on uh, December the 3rd. And Misty, she helps entrepreneurs make more of an impact and more of an income. She's a transformational coach based in Portland in the US. That's next week with Misty Petrella. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Why not share it with someone who you feel may get some some benefit from some of the um, items discussed, some of the topics discussed. And why not give us a review on iTunes? Let us know what you think about the podcast. And that really helps the the word get out to many more people the more reviews we get. So I would really appreciate it if you would be able to leave a review for the Exceeding Expectations podcast. Hope you have a fantastic week. See you next week.